Previously on Whose Dice Are These Anyway. Sorry, I'm a little shook up still. That was whew, really got my heart going. Yeah, that was that was weird. I've never seen anyone with masks like like I don't even know what those ma- they look like. They should be in a museum or something. That was weird. With your regular success, you notice one of the names that jumps out at you is uh, Sal Pressler. Um, and then, Errol, you got a hard success, so you notice a couple other names that are jumping out at you. Dorothy Lewis is on, is listed as the costume designer. Okay. And Jacob Brown. All right, so I come back and I'm like, and we got the number for a cleaning service. We are just killing it today. Should I come with you? I can take this uniform off and we can... Or Damn, Mike, I love... Yeah, I love this, uh, all this ambition you've got all of a sudden. You see a sign on one of the doors in in this building that says, Dorothy Lewis, costume design. Welcome back. Gather round, gather round. We have another quick little scene before we start today's episode. We open up on... Miskatonic University. It's the winter and snow blankets the campus. We continue to pan around the university rounds until we push into one of the buildings, up a stairwell, through a hallway, and up to a door whose plaque reads, Professor Henry Cavedo. We're now inside the office of Professor Cavedo, who is feverishly typing away, writing something up, He seems frantic in his excitement to complete this work. We see him put the final page down on the pile, flip it over, and we see at the top it reads, Through Smoke and Mirror, a screenplay by Henry Cavedo. Next, we cut to a train whisking him across the country, taking him from cold and dreary Massachusetts to bright and sunny California. He gets off the train... And we see a montage of him going from studio to studio, executive after executive, each slamming their door in his face, each turning him down for his screenplay. No one's interested in buying this. Finally, one day, he's sitting at a diner, drinking a cup of coffee, when an old man sits down across from him. Are you Henry Cavedo? The man says. Yes, yes I am. Hi. I'm Joseph Guy. I'd like to make your movie. We see Cavedo's eyes light up, and we pan down from Cavedo's face to hover over his coffee cup. The swirls of cream and sugar that he's mixed in form the words, Episode 6, The Interviews. Welcome to Whose Dice Are These Anyway, an actual play podcast where the stories are made up and the rules barely matter. I'm Patrick. I'm Weston. I'm Mason. And I'm Matt. And this is Whose Dice Are These Anyway. Welcome back to another exciting adventure with Whose Dice Are These Anyway. We left off with you guys looking for Dorothy Lewis on Paramount Studio Grounds. And you came across uh, like a door with her name on it. And presumably she might be inside. And that's where we left the two of you and Mike. Mike has now joined. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Thanks, Mike. Sure. In the party. Mike, 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 Mike. Dorothy. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Is that what we should do? Come out of there, Dorothy. No. Um, Come out with your hands off. <laughs> I'll just knock. I'll just knock on the door. You hear a voice from inside say, "It's unlocked." I'll open it. Uh, inside, you see all these sorts of clothes and fabric and kind of hangers, and just kind of nestled into the back, there is a sewing machine with an old woman uh, who will appear on your roll 20 sideboard uh, with a token and 
she uh, she's looks like she's sewing something together. I'm waiting for her to show up. Me too. Scroll down. She's oh, she the, is at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Oh. oh. Excuse There's me. There's nothing ma'am. wrong with her. I don't know what that reaction was. She's just old. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> she looks like she's dying and seeing the light of heaven right now. Wow, you really saw into that photo. <laughs> it speaks to me. I see. Um, wow. It's kind of art you'd put a safe behind. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, excuse me, ma'am. Are you Dorothy Lewis? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, did you happen to work with Mr. Joseph Gee on his last movie? Ugh. Yes, I've worked with Joe many times over the years. Sorry to say that he's passed away. Well, that makes one of us in this room who's sorry about it. Damn, Dorothy! (laughs) Damn! I take it you didn't like Mr. Gee very much? I think you would ask everyone who works in this building if they like Mr. Gee very much, and the answer would almost always be no. No, I did not care for the man. Hmm. Why did you work with him so often? Well, he kind of burnt every bridge that he uh, ever had with anyone. I'm I'm really the only person he could get along with long enough to get a job done. And, well, I enjoy a good picture. And at the end of the day, he makes decently good pictures. But it wasn't ever a fun experience working with him. Hmm. I see. Did you work with him on a film called Through the Smoke and Mirror? Oh, yes. The last one. Yep. I did the costumes for that. I I still have a box of feathers if you're looking for anything like that. Sure. <laughs> she gestures over and there's just a box of all different colored feathers. Alright. I will grab that before I go. But, uh... She's like trying not to laugh. She can't believe you're actually going to take this box of feathers off her hands. Errol is doing the same thing. (laughs) He can't believe you're actually about to take this box of feathers either. What does Mike think? Mike's just happy to be here. He's not going to weigh in. That's how Mike does it. Mike knows he only gets to keep coming if both of you agree. So he's he's happy. He's not going to rock the boat. And these are the kind of people that I've had been surrounded with my whole life, so it's just the lifestyle that I'm used to. Sure. So, Dorothy, would you happen to know, was there anyone, maybe not specifically in the industry, but anyone that was really close friends with uh, Joe? Uh, uh... Rex seemed to like him. Rex was in a lot of his pictures. He's an actor. Hmm. He, uh, Would we know he who was he is? Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, is Rex famous? Or uh, no, not not nearly as famous as he'd like to be. Rex Lowe is his name. Uh, hmm. He's in. He's a character actor. He's in a few, quite a few films, but he hasn't had a. He's not a star, as they'd say. Ah. And then, uh, I mean, Sal and him were somewhat close, but I mean. Sal Presley? Yes, that's him. Mm-hmm. It was never the same after Alice left. Uh, Joe just kind of became a, a. She kind of reined him in, if you know what I mean. Mm. I see. Um, would you know if the. if if. Or maybe you have a copy. I don't know. Would you know if anybody here at the lot would have a copy of Through Smoke and Mirror? Oh, it wasn't a Paramount picture. I, in fact, I worked on it kind of off the books. It Joe was financing all of it himself. So, ah, uh, oh. no, there would uh, be no one here would have a copy. Envelopes, uh, greased palms, kind of deal. Pardon me. George doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Envelopes with greased palms? A sort you know of a saying. 
No, no. She, no. Is, look, she is honestly look, baffled. She does not know what you're talking about. I look down at the feathers. <laughs> Do you know of anybody who would have a copy? I would assume Joe would have had the only copies. He was very private about show yeah. his movies getting out or people seeing him. He had a bad experience a decade or so ago with a a film being, according to him, seen too early and it was panned and people, you know, basically mm. pulled the plug on some other projects that he was working on. And so he... He was very secretive about that kind of thing. Do you okay. do you know of anyone uh, who worked? I assume you had a you know team part part of a large team on the last picture. But do you know anyone who was particularly, maybe even hostile towards George Joseph? Not George. That's me. <laughs> 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 She's like, oh, well, I mean, it was uh, the writer's first time working with Joe, and that's always a new experience, so they were <laughs> heads quite ah. a bit. It was also a couple of the actors' first, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It was uh, the leading man, Robert Gardner, I think was his name. He was his debut performance, and uh, that can be rough, Joe. <sighs> Joe just... I mean, I'm not saying actors need to be babied like so many people baby them. Believe me. But Joe can be especially rough with them. Grace handled it fine. She's a professional, so she was she was alright, but... Uh, and that's Grace... Grace Buckley. Buckley. And do you know if... Uh, Mr. Zucker here. I don't know if you know this or not, but I mean, would he would he have gotten word that people were helping on a non Paramount film like this? Would he have had a bad? Uh, would have had any reason to interfere or get involved with uh, disrupting that process? Well, I, I mean, that's part of, that's the other reason why Joe and I can work together is, yes, most of the heads of the studios don't like kind of cross-contamination, but there are a few, there are a handful of us here in Hollywood who are what you call indispensable, too good to fire. And so I can work on whatever project I need to work on or want to work on, and it gets looked the other way. Though I suspect that... uh Joe probably did whatever he had to do to make sure the studio heads were going to leave him alone. Everyone knew he was making this movie. Uh, But that's tight, Dorothy. Indispensable. Give me a James Duncan up top. I don't know what any of those words mean, young man. (laughs) (laughs) So were were you part of the crew that was filming in Mexico then? Oh, no. I don't go down to Mexico. I, I, I stay right here. Costumes so. up here, and <laughs> yeah, they they went down and dealt with what they had to deal with. Did you ever meet with, uh, or did you ever meet in person, Mister Henry Cavedo? Oh, sure, sure, sure. The what's writer, your, yeah, yeah. What's your impression of him? Oh, he's kind of a weirdo, uh, but you know, <laughs> it's Hollywood. Everyone, he's know, a lefty. A weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that means either, but. Like he's left-handed? Is that what you're getting at? Yes. That I, was I my joke. Think... I made a joke. Sorry. Sorry, ma'am. She glitched you <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> She's like, uh, but he, you know, he just, uh, this is my vision. This is the way I wrote it. I want it filmed exactly the way I wrote it. They, they, uh, first-time writer especially, they never understand what this process is going to do to the written word. You can't take words and just turn them into pictures verbatim. It's right. not going to happen. But that's what he wanted. He wanted it to be exactly the way he wrote it. And Joe and him were clashing over that quite a bit. Hmm. What does Jacob Brow do? Jacob? He's a, he's a set designer. And he does okay. some odd ends, lighting and 
things like that a little bit. Not He's not the professional lighter, but he can do it in a pinch, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He'd be somebody who would have went to Mexico, though. Oh, I'm sure, Jacob. What? Yes. Would he... Would you, do you think we'd be able to find him around here somewhere? Oh, no. Jacob doesn't work for Paramount. Uh, no, I don't think anyone else uh, on the film. I think I'm the only Paramount. Maybe Grace. You, Grace is here, I'm sure. She, she's boinking Howard, so, I mean, they give her a star. <laughs> Jesus. Howard who? Howard Bartos. Who's he? Bartos, is he an actor too? Know. Is he? <laughs> is he an actor? No, he's not an actor. He's a thug. He's a. Oh. He's a. Well, he's not Italian, so it's not mafia. But he's a. He's. He's a gangster. A gangster who makes movies to clean his money. Ah, I, I glance at Mike. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you know if Grace maybe had a little something going on on the side with uh, Joe? <laughs> Not like that, if that's what you're asking. That's uh, what I'm asking. No, 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 no. Uh, Grace knows who's buttering her bread. And it, it wasn't Joe. If anything, I think she was put on to maybe spy on the picture for Howard. Mm-hmm. I see. Howard's How the king of the handshake just... deal. He likes to make arrangements, and then if things aren't going the way they're supposed to, all of a sudden, oh, there's no paper trail. Never mm-hmm. mind. But if things do go well, oh, well, we had an arrangement. Sure. Let's enforce it, that sort of deal. So yeah. I think yeah. if I had to put money on something, I'd take Grace uh, was there to tattle. Okay. Do you know how we could get a hold of uh, Jacob Brown or how we could find him? Oh, I, she like digs through. She pulls out this big old purse and she's like digging through stuff. She's like, I've got a, a date book here with everybody. She pulls out her like contacts book, like a Rolodex kind of deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like a one of those little phone books that like a personal sure, one yeah. you have. Yeah. And she's like, uh, I can give you his phone number or his last address that I have. That'd be perfect. Oh, that'd be great. And I'll take those down. Okay, so she gives you Jacob's information. Okay. And um, maybe Sal's information, if you don't mind, as well. Sure. Uh, she flips over to it. She's like, are they listed in his will or something? Uh, we're just supposed to get in touch with all of his uh, associates from the last film. I need you to roll me something. Okay. Give me a, let's go either fast talk or like persuasion or something along those lines. Something where you're Ooh. trying to kind of just get her to. I'm not good at any of that. I have that. Hold on. Hmm. George Fellows. Where's fast talk? Oh, it's in alphabetical order. <laughs> Duh. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not good at those at all. All right. Um, um, I have uh, I have a good persuade. Can I say it? Sure. This is a, right. over the course of the whole conversation. Okay. So I'm just gonna. Bam! Nice one. Boom. Forty three over fifty five success or under? Yeah. No, uh, so forty eight like... under fifty. Oh shit! Forty eight under fifty. So, I was yeah, barely under. got under there, but Whew. perfect. Nice. But yeah, so I'm like, we are, um, you know, we're we're part of the executors of his will, so we're just trying to get a handle of his assets, and some of these things are, you know, we when you have projects in progress and stuff like that, it kind of becomes an art issue. So we're just trying to get in touch with people who can maybe help us get a better sense of the value of some of these things. All right, all right. She gives you uh, the address for Sal as well. Nice. And you don't know if if Joe had a another little office or some place he liked to work outside of his home, do you? No, I well, I don't know for sure, but I if I had to guess, I would have said he works out of his home. Okay. The man 
again, became incredibly paranoid mm-hmm. the last 10 years or so. Gotcha. Then after that, the, the deal fell through where he was going to start his own studio and then they kicked him out and he just, even more so, just, no. He kept everything pretty close to the vest. All right. Do you know well, what deal that was? Time. Oh, yeah. He and uh, a couple others were going to make, oh, what, oh, what were they calling it? Uh, Lighthouse Pictures, I think. And uh, they bought him out because he was quote-unquote being difficult, which he thought was bullshit, and the rest of us all know is probably a ni- the nice way of putting what he was being. Uh, <laughs> and I chuckle at that. And then, of course, Lighthouse just went out of business when the crash hit, and yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I do that now. Well, Dorothy, you've just been an absolute treasure. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, oh, very nice you. to meet you. You've been very helpful. All right. Um, if you think of anything else, you can give us a call, or you know, no pressure, nothing. Um, but yeah, have a great. Are you asking costume about? designing? <laughs> 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 I, I didn't feel any pressure. Uh, thanks. She goes back to her work. Okay. So I take Mike. my feathers and leave. Yeah, right. Mike, do you know who this Grace Buckley is? <laughs> oh, sure. I've heard of Grace Buckley. She's in a. She's not like a big star or anything, but she's in a few pictures for sure. I didn't oh. know she was sleeping with a gangster, though. Jeez. I know, right? Do you know that guy, Howard Bartos or whatever? No, I, I'm, I've never heard of that. But he's not. If he's not like, I, I'm a fan of movies, but I don't know all the behind the scenes stuff. I'm not. No, I meant the there. gangster. No, yeah, but I'm saying like if he's in a gangster running the business of. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to dance around the topic of we think Mike's a gangster, and we can't just be like, "Yeah, we think you're a gangster, and we think you should know the other gangsters." <laughs> yeah, Mike, are you a criminal? <laughs> Mike, are you a kneecap buster? Do you ask him that directly? No, 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 no. Okay, I feel like he'll get mad again. And if he is, I don't want to get him mad. <laughs> Yeah, he's so I'm scared of Mike. When you accuse him of things. <laughs> uh, what do you say we drop in on uh, either Jacob Brown or Sal Pressler? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it's getting late now. Uh, oh, it is? conversation with her. You guys rolled into Paramount in like the mid to late afternoon and then True, like took a while PM. to find her and now she's she's actually kind of like working into the like it's getting dark uh so you can go try to find these people you have their home addresses so it's not like impossible but <laughs> no can we can also... we can wait till tomorrow on that but maybe uh maybe i ride with you all the way to your house tonight see if there's any yeah you gonna more... sleep over sure see cool. if there's any more uh masked Banditos after you. Sweet. I'm we just can, waiting uh, for you to get to his house and be like, well, where am I sleeping? Well, the servants' quarters are over there. <laughs> I don't know. Alice, Alice goes that way, so there maybe there's a bed that way. <laughs> there's a couple people in them. But... <laughs> just tell them to scooch over. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, Mike drives you to George's house. There is no incidents along okay. the way. And you're staying over? Yeah, I'll stay over. I have a guest bedroom. Nice. Sure. As soon as we walk in, I'm like, Alice, prepare the <laughs> guest bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I come home and I just turn into a monster. I'm like... God, there better be some fucking food under this kosher, I swear to God. <laughs> Turn into? <laughs> Let it out. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. It's okay. pronounced cloche, but whatever. <laughs> he just smacks Alice. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
Give me my uh, food, woman. Too far. All right. But yeah, I, I show Errol in and we can go to the smoking room. Well, I mean, every room. Is a sure. Room, but there has, is a room has, where it, it just never, has some. It never stops. <laughs> Why don't out. you take him to the billiard room? Like, yeah. <laughs> we can go out on the lanai. <laughs> no. Let's put on smoking jackets and go out by the pool. Right. You're, you're not wearing Did I tell you that I bought a river? I do a little light <laughs> rowing before I go to bed every night. <laughs> I, put a, I had a, a lazy river installed around the property. Yeah, yeah. I like some call tube. it a lazy river. Some call it a moat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man. so I'm sorry. Is something happening in the night, or you just probably go into the next morning? Um, not unless something's. Not unless you say something's happening in the night. Okay. I'm not saying anything's happening in the night. So then, then let's good. roll for some luck. All right. Oh, sweet. I think we might just move to like every day in the beginning of the like of the day you get. Nice, I failed. Errol failed, which means he gets to roll a D ten and add to his luck. I failed too. George also failed. You nice. really failed. That's nice. You should get to roll two D tens. No, that's not how that works. Ah, but ah, damn. <laughs> Thanks though. That was a good try. I got an eight on my D ten. I will add that to my luck. Ooh, I got a 10 on my D10. Damn. Oh, sorry, I have to edit mode. Nice. So now I have 50 luck. Sorry, I'm so I lucky, have to put Alice. It in edit mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky Alice doesn't leave. Yeah. Yeah, you're really working that Alice to death, huh? Uh, yeah, people got to take pride in their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. She swore a blood oath cr- to your forefathers, so now she, <laughs> she can't leave. I'm creating jobs in in depression-riddled America. <laughs> Depression-riddled. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've really- got you've got a yeah, servant that- staff. <laughs> I'm just like right. so out of touch. I'm like, that's what this means, right? Everyone's just kind of sad right now. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, depression, the, the Great Depression. Your attitude is is so that like the country has depression, but not you. You're not yeah. in depression. I wonder when they started calling this time the Great Depression. I don't know. Anyway, but probably right around sure. the time probably someone met it. George Fellows and Dorothy <laughs> <laughs> started this. calling him that. Right. <sighs> Dorothy's great. I love her. Typical old lady. She just talks. Oh, oh Dorothy Lord. Lewis. I said a lot of bad things about Dorothy Lewis in the last episode, but she really was a treasure. As did I. <laughs> yeah, she was awesome. I like both Dorothys, actually. Yeah, both Dorothys. Class acts. It's really, I feel like you guys trick me every time because it's like you talk so much shit about a character and then I'm like, well, I'm going to show them. They're just going to be so pleasant and nice. And then I'm like, wow, every character is just really helpful. <laughs> yeah, she was really helpful and nice. Except for the waitress at the diner. Holy That's shit. True. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that lady? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Who was that, Janice? Jan? It's Jane. Jane. I don't know, something like that. Sort of the J, I know that. Brian. Likes George Fellow. Probably Brian, yeah. Yeah, Brian. Brian Edda. Brian, Brian Edda. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> it's, spelled, t- it's spelled Brian. Yeah. She pronounces it Brian. Quick, funny tangent. <laughs> when I was in high school, my sister's friend took us to Blockbuster and we had my dad's blockbuster card and they wouldn't rent to her. They're like, you're not Brian. And she's like, it's pronounced Brian. It didn't work, but I was really impressed at the time. I was like, that's quick thinking. That is quick <laughs> it thinking. Nice. Would have been badass is. if it worked. <laughs> it's pronounced Brian. That would work today. They're <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody would question that. Oh, that's somebody's name yeah. for sure. You know what? Yeah. yeah. You do you. Here's your, here's your tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Holding the line. 
Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there one still? The last Blockbuster? Or did they close? They finally? made that documentary, but I don't know if it's closed since then. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, that I'm was sure. a few years ago, wasn't it? Uh, all right. It's Thursday. Okay. Uh, October. Fuck. Fifth. Days are just maybe? going by. Intolerance. Thursday, Thursday, October 6th is what it is. That's what I just shout every morning. Uh... (laughs) George Fellows shouts back. You he just can't. wake up. That's what Alice knows yeah. you're awake. She's <laughs> <Just> like, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, should we call for Mike to come and get us? or Mike's waiting outside. He knows what time. Yeah, Mike knows what's up. Show up. Yeah. Mike all does right. know so, what's up. Yeah, you think we should head into the office, George? Yes. Yes. All right. Let me finish this cigarette and this whiskey and we'll... Yep. Thank you, Alice, for a great breakfast. (laughs) As always. Exactly. Welcome, Master Fellows. (laughs) She just holds out an ashtray for her to put out our cigarettes in. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a a normal maid. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel like she's nefarious. Of course she is. Good. I am Alice Nefarious. When she leaves, she puts on her her, uh, bird mask. Fuck. She watches you sleep in that thing, too. Mm -hmm. For sure. (sighs) That's why I scream intolerance when I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's it. Good morning, Mike. (laughs) Intolerance. (laughs) Morning, sir. It's a great day outside. Should we head to the office? Yes, it is. I got here a little earlier. I heard someone screaming intolerance. That was a little weird, but... <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. I, okay, I heard that, just too. Just get in, yeah. I heard that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, too. Uh... Probably that damn Alice again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he drives you to work. Uh, mm-hmm. You get there again. Normal day. Dorothy's at the desk. She greets you. Morning, Dorothy. Morning. Morning. Do you know Do you know how court's going for them, or are they allowed to check in or anything like that? I don't know how this works. Uh, I mean, it's early days. I think it's going all right. Cool, cool. Cheers. Cheers. Go to my office. Money's still in the safe, right? Do you ask for that? Yeah. I don't, because uh, I don't give a shit. I got a receipt. <laughs> She's like, uh, I mean, I haven't opened the safe back up, but do you need me to? No, not sorry. I'm just making a conversation. I'm kind of bad at that. Oh, okay. We are a little paranoid, Dorothy. You know, since somebody gotcha. broke into the house and trashed the place. Sure, sure, oh, sure. shit. Yeah. Are we supposed to meet the cleaning people or are they just gonna... You're definitely supposed to meet them. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to meet him at 11, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm glad you have a handle on things here, Errol. I'll let that go. I'm, I'm, I'm a little yeah. preoccupied, <laughs> and I put up uh, my poster that I just bought of the queen. Nope, the king. King of I'm what? Sorry, this is a poster of King George V? Just... Yeah, no, I went and got one. Made. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I... I'll, so this Maybe. is what happened. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. I made an offhand comment. I need to know. Yeah, and it fell apart because I started thinking. Well, first I made a joke about the queen. I said, "Nope, she's not the queen. Uh, I don't even think she was born yet in 1932. Maybe barely." Yeah, um, she was definitely born. And then she was born. Okay, she's a probably a kid then. And then, then I was like, "Okay, yeah, she's not the queen then." So this is the king. And then I was like, "A poster." How, there's no photocopiers. How do those get made? Uh, you probably have to order one. Fuck. Okay. So I just kept spitting shit out. If you'll let me, I'll have ordered a poster of King George V to put up. I mean, you can't get any weirder as a character. So sure, you have, <laughs> you have brought a poster of King George V thing in your office in America. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. people know I'm British. I say it. 
Oh, that's right. You you're part British or something, right? I mean, you definitely yeah. say it. I still think it's weird, and definitely people are going to think it's weird. Uh, that's, but fine. that's fine. You can... He's not yeah. clued into that. He's a weirdo. This is okay. majestic, isn't it? Yep. It's good. Good. <laughs> Errol's in there with you. Dorothy's not. Wait. Good head of state. Uh, Dorothy comes in, and she's like, uh, "I've got a call from the cleaning service. They they say they need someone to let them into the house." Uh yeah, we're on our way. Okay, great. Oh my god, jeez, that's a frightening poster of King George V on the wall there. Sure is. Oh, you know him. Well, I mean, yeah. sure, he's a world leader, but uh, mm-hmm. he's I, he's cool. I like him. Oh, all right. I mean, I guess it's better than a poster of Hoover. She goes back to her desk. <laughs> I laugh at that. That was funny. <laughs> all right. Um, we should probably go down and get with Mike and head over and let those people in. Right. All right, Mike, we got to high step it. We got to huff it to the house. I forgot the cleaning service was coming in early. All right. I'll, I'll get us over there in a jiffy. Sweet. <laughs> wow, that was a great job, Mike. Thanks. I don't know why I'm out of breath. <laughs> Boy, are my arms tired. Yeah, uh, he pulls up in front of the house. Are there cleaning, cleaning people are there? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, jump out. I'm like, so sorry for the delay. Oh, no worries. Then, we got here a little early, but we figured we'd give you a call. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. So roll up there and uh, unlock the door for him and let him in. All right. Uh, he takes you through. He wants to like walk the house with you and get like just a what do you want done in each room kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What what's getting thrown out? What's doing whatever you know. So this takes like a half hour of getting a game plan together for this house, mm-hmm. and then once you give the okay, he tells his people to get started, which they do, and he's like, "How do you want to handle this in terms of?" Like, you can obviously, you're welcome to stay here while we work uh, to supervise. You can also leave us the key. We can deal with this. You can, one of you can stay. It doesn't matter to me what you guys do. I just want to know what you're comfortable with. But I can take responsibility if you want to, if you've got other things you need to do during the day. Do we have more than one Um, key? No, you just have the one key that the police gave you. How long, uh, or about what time do you think you might be done? We'll probably finish tomorrow uh, afternoon, early okay. one two o'clock, I would think. If I had to, what guess. time will you? What time are you stopped today? Uh, five. Okay, we'll be back before five to get the key. But other than that, we don't need to supervise. Okay, great. Cool. Uh, see at five. And he goes and starts again. They're just cleaning, doing all the things that you asked them to do. Nice. I'm like, hey, uh, on that projector screen, I shout from getting in the car. I'm like, if you find anything on it, let me know if it says any words. Um, otherwise, nothing weird. If they're written in blood, let us know. <laughs> oh, right. The screen. Sorry. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> all right. Arrow, do you think. We should visit Sal Pressler or Jacob Brown. Sure. I get the feeling that if Jacob Brown is the set guy, he more than likely went to Mexico with him more than any other person. So maybe we can uh, start with him. Yes. Good plan. Good idea. I want to review these journal pages one more time. And if, yeah, if we meet with them, we should ask them if they know anything about Javier Ruiz in Mexico too. Mm-hmm. Also, as as I was reviewing the, uh, yeah, I guess uh, the letter from Henry Cavedo. It says that uh, I think it's the next last sentence says, "Please let me help you edit our masterpiece." And then he says, "I think there may be a way to merge our two visions of the film." So we might need to speak to him. And see what it was he got on film that, you know, 
he didn't like or went the he thought was wrong or whatever. He seems to be a good mm. suspect for taking the film. Possibly, yeah. Also, one thing I just noticed is on June 7th, Tuesday, in the morning he was scouting, and at noon he has lunch with HB. That's got to be Howard Bartos. I think gangster. you're right. So we should see if either of these two knows anything about Howard and why they would be meeting alone. Well, I mean, it's a lunch. So I'm assuming they're eating in public. True. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's, are they exchanging envelopes or are they, you know. I mean, I don't think a gangster's going to tell us that. Boy, well, that's what I'm saying. We should ask about him to the others to see if they know anything. Oh, okay. I thought you meant ask him directly. No, I don't know if I want to meet with this guy directly. He sounds scary. We'll bring Mike. <laughs> yes. Maybe Mike, so. introduce us to your friend. <laughs> Michael buses the text. I love that that was the comment that Matt made as a joke. And now it's just ingrained in the in the fiction in my head. It's like, yeah, Mike's a fucking gangster. He's a kneecap buster. I don't even know what comment I made as a joke to make you think that. You like, said he busted. You said bu- that busted people's kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. who oh, right. Yeah, thing. he busted people's <laughs> kneecaps to keep this job. <laughs> yeah, we're tipping him so much. That's true. I did say that. Uh, now that up there on uh, August fifteenth journal entry where it says call Javier Ruiz and it has some number signs. Is there an actual number there? I forget. Yeah, there is. Okay. So we might need to call him later as well. You're right. Does it look like a, a United States phone number or does this look like no. Javier is in Mexico? It does not look like, yeah, it looks like he's in Mexico. It just so says 555. Best, however best you can tell that from just the number. But you also gotcha. know that like calling long distance and international in 1932 is kind of a bitch. Uh, sure, I could imagine. Yeah, we might have to send him a fucking telegram or something. Yeah, let's try to talk to somebody who was in Mexico, though, and ask about the temple before we go trying to deal with these operators. Yeah. <laughs> you know these operators. Yeah, they're sketchy at best. Be easier just to just drive down to Mexico when you are in L.A. Yeah, probably would be. I mean, Mike, field trip. <laughs> sure. I don't know that you know what part of Mexico they filmed in at this point, but sure. <laughs> we'll find we out. figure it out. Sure, sure. But yeah, you're right. Just getting to Mexico, the country, would not be difficult. Tijuana! We'll let, we'll let Mike drive us, right? <laughs> sure. Um, okay, yeah, so Mike, take us to blah, 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 road, blah, blah, blah. This is Jacob Brown. You're going to yeah. sell Pressler. Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown. Okay. Uh, he takes you out uh, out of town a little bit. It's kind of out in the... I mean, today, this would be still hustling, bustling L.A., but at, in 1932, this is more like farmland kind of ranch area and you eventually pull up to the house of one Jacob Brown and it says Brown on the like mailbox that's attached to the fence nice and he pulls up and pulls some stuff he's like this is the address alright let's go talk to this guy uh, there is a new token that just lit up it's a little bit above Dorothy's Dorothy Lewis's token Jacob Brown, uh, you as you're like approaching the door, you see Jacob Brown like coming out. He's he seems to be tinkering with something in his hand. Like it looks almost like a. It's hard to tell what it is. Maybe it's a part of a camera. Maybe it's part of a a light or something. And he's starting to walk towards a. It's not quite a barn, but it's like a large shed workshop kind of thing off the side of his house. And he sees you. He looks, he's a kind of tall African-American gentleman. And he's like, 
Uh, hi, can I help you, gentlemen? Hi, uh, are you Jacob Brown? Yeah, that's me. Hi, Jacob. Um, we're uh, we're working for the executor of the will for Joe Guy. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he he died um, towards the end of last month. I I had heard uh, I read that in the paper. Yeah, he. Um, we're just we're trying to meet with his associates and the people he worked with and get as much information as we can for um, his sister back in France. So uh, we were just wondering if you had a few minutes to talk to us. Uh, sure. Come on in. Uh, Thank you. I didn't catch your names. I'll introduce myself. I am, I'm Errol Wagner. Nice to meet you, Errol. He shakes your hand. Nice to meet you. George Fellows. Nice to meet you, George. He extends his hand. Shake it. Uh, then he well, he kind of ushers you into the house. He's like, <clears throat> uh, my wife's out right now, uh, but I, I think she, we have some lemonade or something that she made the other day. He checks his icebox and he's like, can I interest either of you in a drink? <laughs> um, no, I'm uh, good sure. right now, but thank you. He pours some for George. And <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Did, you said sure, right? You want some? Oh, pour some for George. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's what you said. Yeah. Thank you very much. You. Oh, it's delicious. And uh, he offers, you, you know, he ushers you kind of towards the table to sit down. He's like, what can I help you with? Well, we're sort of wondering about the uh, the last movie he shot, um, Through Smoke and Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell us, was there... A lot of problems with the movie, or did it go smoothly? Or I mean, there's always problems with every picture that you do, but I actually think it was turning out pretty good. Eh, I mean, it's not my. It's a little. It was a little weird, but all of Joe's movies are a little bit weird to me. In fact, this one was probably the least weird of his movies. So, in some ways, it was uh, that was nice, but. I thought it was going good. I thought I could see how it could be something really, really special. But obviously, I don't know how how far he got in the editing process before he died. So I don't know if we'll ever see that that film. But yeah, it seemed um, to be going all right. It's it's currently lost right now. Um, we're not we're not sure where it is. So oh, that's weird. Hmm. Uh, I would check. I would check Joe's house. He kept everything pretty close to the vest. Mm, yeah, we uh, we're actually in the process of inventorying everything in the house and um, going through all of his stuff right now. So, gotcha. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned up then. Mm. He... Was there anything strange about the shoot? Any 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 weird goings on? Well, I don't know about weird the. There's some. There's always disputes on these things about, you know. There's arguments that happens that happened on this film quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything weird? I don't know. I got sick pretty early on in the on the trip to Mexico and had to cut that short and came back early. So I don't know everything that happened there, but. Uh, it was weird that Cavedo didn't go. That was a little strange. Hmm. That is strange. Just didn't show up to the to the plane. Wasn't they bought him a ticket and everything. I don't know. Wow. Wow. I thought it was weird. Uh Joe didn't seem so, too surprised, but I just thought he was in he was talking about filming at this temple location that he set up and all this and that, and I when we got there, I I kind of lit the. We got permission to be on the temple grounds, and I lit it and everything. Then I I got sick. I got a little uh, Montezuma's revenge, and mm. uh, basically was out the rest of the rest of the trip. Who else was on the trip? I mean, the actors. He lists some people. 
crew, uh, Joe, Sal. Uh, again, he gives a handful of other people that would be necessary to sure. film anything. Uh, but Does he mention Howard Bartos? Definitely not, no. Okay. Did he mention Grace Buckley? Yep, Grace, the Robert Gardner. He like, yeah, Rex. Okay. Rex. Lowe, he mentions them. This, all the same people that okay. uh, Dorothy Lewis was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I just kind of look at George, trying to give him a quizzical look, as in, like, do we have anything else to ask or? I, I think that about does it, Mr. Brown. I appreciate your time. Oh, well, thank Yeah, no problem. I I, I don't know how that's helpful to you, but uh, if it was, then I'm glad I was able to help. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're trying to find out a little bit more about the Mexico trip, but it sounds like you were a little indisposed during that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not the person to ask. Sorry. That's fine. No but problem. Thank you for your help. Uh, he shows you out and like basically walks you back to your car. Sweet. Sweet. And you watch him like go pick up the thing he was working on before and head off to his workshop as you kind of sit in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, where to, guys? Says Mike. You want to go oh, see... Oh, uh... fuck. What if the movie's in the projector? What projector? The one he shot. No, you've already checked that several times. Plus, we did. Would be, they would be on reels. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. He checked it for any even parts of film, like pieces of film. Uh, okay, okay. My bad. No worries. Guys, <laughs> I'm so good at solving mysteries. <laughs> Um, it would be a super dick move for me to be like, haha, it was in the projector the whole time. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I wonder if he's got a cubby hole somewhere there. Like just some place he stashes stuff that we we couldn't find, you know? We need to really go over We the searched house. for <laughs> I think we did search for safes and like hidden holes. I know we searched for safes. Like, we looked behind art that was already ripped off the wall. But, like... Yes, that's true. And maybe when the cleaning crew's done and you go through it again, it'll be easier to spot something. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of this furniture will be gone. Yeah, speaking of which, by 1932 car time, like, how much time do we have between now and when we need to be back to meet the cleaning crew? Uh, I'm going to say you have time for one more conversation with somebody if you want to. All right. I think we should uh, go talk to Mr. Pressler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You pull up to his house, uh, which is actually an apartment building. And uh, Mike comes and opens the door for you. All right. I get out. (laughs) And yeah, you guys can go up to... You know his apartment number. Like, obviously, that's part of the address, so you can get to it. Got to knock on the door. Sweet. Uh, He's like, hold your horses, Jimmy. I'm coming. And he opens the door, and he's like, you're not Jimmy. You're right. Who who are you? My name is Errol Wagner. Are you uh, Sal Pressler? I am the one and only Sal Pressler. Well, uh, hey, we're working with... James Duncan's law firm, and we're trying to uh, go through all of Joe Guy's will, and we wanted to talk to you a little bit about it, if if you got the time. Sure, sure. Come right in. And he uh, ushers you in. He's like, can I get you anything? No, thank you. Oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, great. Take a seat. All right. How can I be of assistance to you, gentlemen? Oh, this is an older dude. He's kind of bald. He's got just like hair on the sides. He's got a goatee. He looks like he'd be about the same age as Joseph Guy. That makes sense. Were you and Joe pretty close friends? Oh, I mean, 
<laughs> it's hard to call to say Joe had friends, but uh, as much as he had any, yes, I would count myself one of them. Yeah, we right. keep hearing that. The man, I mean, the man's kind of a dick. Let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm assuming you heard the news that he passed, and um... oh yes, I I attended his funeral. Oh, okay, excellent. Um, really, one of the things we wanted to ask about was the Mexico trip for the for the last movie. Sure. Um. How did it go? I mean, overall. To say I was surprised by how successful it was would be a tremendous understatement. Mm. Jacob gets sick in the first couple days. I think we're fucked. Cavedo misses the plane. I think, oh, gee. Well, that actually was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Uh, You know, Joe and him were butting heads every time they talked. And so I thought, oh, God, we're going to go down to Mexico and they're just going to have a screaming match, wake the dead. (laughs) But no, uh, Cavedo misses the plane, so Joe's just running the show. And, you know, I think there's no way we're going to get this temple bullshit to happen without Cavedo. But we do. There's no way we're going to be able to film without uh, Jacob because he's sick. But, you know, Joe gets on the camera and we do. And it goes so well, we even do another take doing it uh, Cavedo's way. And that goes off. That was amazing. Those, the lighting, the, I don't even know how the lights changed the way they did and all, all of that, but it was just perfect. Just the way the sunset hit those, the mirror, it was beautiful. Uh, unbelievably lucky and fortunate. So I, I thought it was a great success. What was the difference between Joe's version and Cavedo's version? Well, uh, have you read the script? No. Do you have a copy we could no. look at? Oh, sure. Yeah, I keep all... Joe doesn't keep scripts. <laughs> he says scripts are constricting. That's how he puts it. Uh, so I always kept all his scripts. He goes, I've got them all here from over the years. He goes to like a a box and he starts digging through, but he doesn't have to dig far because it's the last movie they worked on. And he's like, here you go. And he tosses you, uh, he doesn't toss it. He hands you sure. this script that says through smoke and mirror by Henry Cavedo. He's like, to sum it up, you can read the whole thing. It's, it's kind of convoluted, but to sum it up in Cavedo's original ending, the, the kind of Aztec warrior hero that we've been following through the film successfully is part of this summoning ritual that summons this monster that destroys the conquistadors and Cortez and all of them who are coming to plunder Aztec gold. And this monster is going to show up and smash the boats and burn and destroy their army and all this shit. Joe doesn't like that ending. He thinks it's dumb to rewrite history. So in his version, the ritual fails, and they don't summon the monster, and they don't summon the protective spirit guardian thing, and that's the way he wanted to do it. So that was the big butting of heads as well, you know, how should this movie end? So we filmed it Joe's way, but again, things were going so smooth, I don't know what got into Joe, but he just had, he decided, you know, let's just do one take, uh, Cavedo's way. And so we reset and again, worked up, went off great. I thought it was a beautiful shot. I don't know if he ever did the special effects thing with the, you know, the, the monster, the jaguar monster or whatever, but, uh, the, the ritual shot in the temple, just beautiful stuff. Wow. It sounds amazing. It was, I told, I, when we got back, I was telling everyone, you couldn't, uh, how great this film was, how, how much money it was going to make. Well, we were under budget, which was in and of itself unbelievable. Not really with Joe, it's kind of a cheapskate, right? I guess I should say he was kind of a cheapskate. <laughs> but, you know, for such, uh, this, I mean, this movie was going to be like, oh, what's, what's that fucking movie that, uh, the set that took up all that room, uh. Intolerance! Yes, thank you. That's it. Intolerance. <laughs> this movie was going to be on the scale of intolerance, but for a fraction of the price. And 
it, it was going to be amazing, but I, you know, it's so sad. I don't, I don't know how far he got or what's going to happen to it now. I'm not even sure who owns the rights to it anymore now that Joe's dead. Uh, but hmm, hmm. We'll we'll be figuring that out. Yeah, we'll be able to work all of that out. Oh, great. Um, I wanted to. Well, know I was though. the executive producer on it. If, if uh, when comes time to serve up that pie, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm. I want to flip through to the scene he's talking about and see, like, what it says in the actual script pages. Okay, uh, I don't have uh, like the actual sure. script of this movie, but basically it describes what I. There is a scene towards the end where the hero sacrifices himself, becomes a human sacrifice to, as part of this ritual. Uh, a high priest cuts out his heart, sacrifices it up to an Aztec god on like this altar, and then the. Uh, it summons this creature, this jaguar creature, that then destroys an army of conquistadors. It's the way that it's written. Okay. You and can see notes in the margins, too, where clearly Joe has like done some rewrites of, like, cut this, you know, ritual interrupted by conquistadors, and... They stop it, and it's, like, basically turning this movie from, like, an action hero kind of, like, alternate history into a tragedy where the heroes don't succeed in what they're trying to do mm. kind of deal. Now, it said something about a mirror, or he said something about a mirror. How does that incorporate into it? Do you ask him, or are you reading the script? Like, how are you figuring Um, I'll ask him quicker uh he's like well at this in this temple there's this giant this gigantic statue of an aztec god this is a real temple by the way that yeah uh i don't know how cavedo got the permission to to be in there but they've got this they've got this temple he goes i've got it here in my notes somewhere it's uh tezcatlipoca temple they said Tezcatlipoca is some Aztec god. He, and in all depictions of him, apparently, and this one included, one of his feet is replaced with a giant obsidian mirror. And there was just, there was something about the way we shot it that just the sun was setting at just the right time. It hit this mirror as we were shooting, and there was just this cool kind of dazzling effect. And I, I'm sure it got caught on film, but, uh, yeah, it worked great. Hmm. That's so cool. It was. It was beautiful. I've never been to Mexico. Uh, not, well, I mean, I've been to, I've been to Tijuana, but I've never been to, like, southern Mexico like that, where these temples are and these pyramids and all this shit. And, oh, it was, it was I mean, a lot of jungle. It was hard to get to, but once we got there, oh, so well preserved, this place. Can you tell me uh, what city you flew into? He gives you the city, and okay. it's an appropriate city for it's, <laughs> right. But the geography. place, the places in southern Mexico, like yes, yeah, definitely like Yucatan Peninsula, kind of. Okay. Well, what? No, it's that's not right because uh, that's not what the Aztecs are. So it's an appropriate. Yes, it's an appropriate right. spot for the Aztecs to be. Okay. So you did, probably flew into Mexico City. Did, okay. Did you guys? Use a lot of local help, or a little bit, uh, but not much. No, it was mostly. Actually, I'm trying to think. On that day, no, none of them would come with us to the temple. Did you meet anyone by the name of Javier Ruiz while you were in Mexico? I know Joe was uh, in communication with him, but I didn't ever personally meet him. No. Okay. So they wouldn't. Did you? They wouldn't come with you to the temple, huh? Like a religious thing? I know, I assume it was just a schedule conflict or something. Oh, okay. Did you speak to any of them, or did they all speak Spanish? Or Well, I don't speak Spanish, and so Joe does, and he would just do all the talking. Okay, so he didn't say why, or did they, 
did they communicate a reason of why they didn't want to come that day? Besides, do you just assume scheduling conflicts? Yeah, I don't know why else they wouldn't want to. And then um, the scene where the heart gets ripped out, is that like, how are those special effects? I guess you don't have to tell me like trade secrets, but like, is is there an actor laying there and then a, a special effect is like propped in or do you use a full, is there not an actor laying there getting like a fake heart ripped out of a fake body? Well, it's just a series of, yeah, I'm not going to get all into it, but it's a series of, you know, you take the shot, you cut, then you cut to uh, mm-hmm. like a prop chest and a prop heart and you pull it out and then you cut back to mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Movie so magic. yeah, you just, you just, yeah. Can you tell me? Cut the films together. And then can you tell me which actor plays the hero? Uh, his name was Robert Gardner. It's his debut uh, performance. Oh, okay. That was Robert. And who plays the high priest? Uh, that would be Rex. Rex, Rex Lowe. Rex the priest. Rex Lowe. Yes, I do have that name too. Okay. And when's the last time you talked to Robert Gardner? I haven't seen Robert since we stopped. End of shooting. Cool. Robert's fucking dead. He's been sacrificed. I say to the audience. (laughs) You know what? And we'll end it there this week. Ah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'd appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Who's Dice or at whose dice are these anyway at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.